The couple have chosen who they would like to attend their wedding. If you'd like to attend, then please attend, but don't be bringing anyone else with you. Maybe I should do an episode about good wedding guest behaviour or etiquette. It'd be pretty short, I think. It'd be, don't be a dick. Unbridly is a community of pro-wedding vendors who believe in freedom and integrity in weddings, giving you options, solutions, tips and tricks to create the experience and memories that you and your fiancé really want and deserve. Because we believe that weddings are a team sport. With how-tos, stories and interviews with recently married couples, we find out what went right and what they'd change if they could go back and do it all over again. I'm Camille and welcome to the Unbridly podcast. Hey there and thanks for listening. One of the hardest parts of wedding planning has got to be striving for and trying to make decisions from the intersection of past traditions and expectations from different and often older generations with yours. So I think about it like one of those Venn diagrams. Do you remember from school? So the two circles that intersect, your circle of what you and your fiancé want and need and the other circle being your friends and families and tradition, cultural expectations and everything else. Add to this the fact that In Australia in 2020, the median age for females getting married, according to the Australian Bureau of Statistics, was 30.6 years old, which means that there is a better than decent chance you were born in the 1990s. So Stranger Things is not nostalgic for you. It's more iconic or even ironic. It means that this Venn diagram that I mentioned, that intersection, between what you want and what others want or expect has only a very slim slither where the two circles intersect, if they intersect at all. And it also means that it's likely you aren't even aware of what older generations used to do. And this is why it comes as such a rude shock when family and friends start to grill you about your plus one invitation policy. I mean, what the hell is a plus one invitation policy? Is it even a thing? Oh, you bet your ass it is. And it's something you really want to get your head around and work it out with your fiancé early on before your guest list blows out by 30 to 50%. So today, I want to tell you why I believe that plus ones or having with guest, and I'm using air quotes, on your wedding invitations isn't a thing anymore and what you can do instead and how you can explain it to your family and friends. This is a little controversial for sure, but a super important concept to get on the same page as your fiance with and one that I think will help everyone involved in your wedding. And for wedding guests, I have some special notes at the end for you too. Let's dig in. Wedding invitation etiquette is ever-changing and some couples don't even have a hard copy of their wedding invitations that they post out in the snail mail anymore. Over the last 30 to 50 years in particular, there's been a big shift away from the rules and conventions that used to help everyone, that used to guide them as to what was expected and what is polite. Unfortunately, While this gives you a lot more freedom in who you choose to invite on your special day, it can also become a point of friction and conflict. 
So if you are adamant that only your immediate family gets plus ones, for example, your best friends might feel underappreciated, left out or upset. So what is a plus one and how does it work? Basically, the term plus one or and guest is most commonly used in reference to weddings, where an invitation indicates the name of an unmarried person or a person without a long-term partner on the guest list. Let's call her Sally. And this grants Sally the permission to ask another unnamed person, usually a date or a partner, to attend with them. Event etiquette would also mean that this plus one is not a platonic friend of the named guest, Sally. That's an argument for another day, though. (laughs) When engaged couples allocate plus ones, it's important to note that the plus one permission or rule doesn't apply to every named guest attending, only those that have it expressly written or typed on their invitation. At some weddings, all unattached friends and family members are given the permission to bring a plus one. And it's a blanket plus one policy. So I'm reminded of couples with heritage in um, like India and China, for example, where the cultural norms and expectations means that a wedding is also seen more as a uh, form of hospitality, its social exchange, its honour, its status. But it's becoming more and more of an issue for those couples, let's say in Australia and the United States, who have a tight budget. It means they're often ponying up the funds to make this happen themselves and or a restricted space or a number cap at their venue. Generally, this is when plus ones are only granted to certain guests in certain circumstances and this is where things start to get tricky. Because if you had an unlimited budget and your wedding venue has heaps of space, technically, you could offer every unattached guest a plus one. But in 99% of situations, most engaged couples need to stick to a budget and keep under a maximum guest count number. Or just, they don't want random strangers (laughs) attending their wedding. The community onion is a concept that applies here too. And I've explained this in the past. If you want to check out the blog post, the link to the Wedding Guest List Tester article is in the show notes. Basically, community onion. So most families consist of a close or immediate family, the central core of the onion, and then grandparents and then extended family, maybe aunties, uncles, cousins. But further to that, there are your friends, some of which you would see anywhere from every day to those who you might only catch up with once or twice a year. And so they sit in different layers of your community onion, usually depending on how close you feel to them. Some close friends are more like family, and so they would be at the core, while others would only be on the very outer layer. Now, issues can crop up when you consider inviting only one or two people from a particular group or layer of your community onion, like some of your workmates, for example. So once you invite one, you know that there is potential for at least one or two of the others to feel upset about being left out. And it's something to really keep in mind. Your wedding guests rarely have visibility of the decisions that you've had to make regarding who will be invited to which wedding event and why. Most of the time, they don't care too much until someone who they perceive as having 
a similar closeness to you or your fiancé gets preferential treatment and they find out about it somehow. So who should get a plus one? I have some strong personal opinions about who on your guest list should get a plus one, and I'll share that with you a little bit later. And I also have a brilliant story about one of my podcast guests, a professional wedding photographer, who had a great way to ensure that plus ones didn't become an issue at their wedding. But for now, let's assume (laughs) that you're trying to work out who of your unattached guests should be given a plus one. Some great examples of common scenarios include anyone who's married or in a committed relationship. It's almost always good etiquette to invite both parties of a married couple, even if you feel closer to one of them than the other. Extending that invitation to the partner, it says we respect your union and we respect your commitment to each other which you'd hope they'd do for you too. So same goes for couples who are engaged, live together, have been dating for, I don't know, over a year or so. This partner is part of their lives now, but you'd already know their names, right? They'd be named guests and not a plus one per se. So we'll keep going. Your wedding party. Your wedding party, bridesmaids, groomsmen, all of them, are hopefully your nearest and dearest And you'd be inviting any long-term partners as named guests and not plus ones, right? I'd hope (laughs) that you'd already know your wedding party's partner's names. So they'd be a named wedding guest and not a plus one either. If you had a sweary, chocolate-addicted, wine-sipping fairy godmother who could help you with your wedding planning, what would you wish for? Perhaps no more waking up in the middle of the night in a cold sweat, wondering what you've forgotten, or fretting about your RSVPs. Maybe no more spreadsheets or post-it notes or endless to-do lists. Well, I can help you with all of that. Websites is an Australian wedding website builder, guest management software, and wedding project planner all in one. Why is this such a game changer for you? Well, imagine everything to do with your wedding being in one place, updated in real time in the cloud, shareable to anyone else that's helping you, password protected for your guests, with notifications to tell you what needs to be done next and by when. It's amazing, right? I love how easy websites is to set up and use and how there are no ads on the platform yelling at you to spend more money on your wedding. To get started on your very own free wedding website, just head to websites.com, that's W-E-D-S-I-T-E-S dot com and enter the code UNBRIDELYPOD, that's UNBRIDELY P-O-D, to get 10% off their paid planning tools. The link is in the show notes. So the only other group that I can think of, and please let me know if you've got some other situations that I haven't covered, are those who have to travel a really long way to get to your wedding. So a good friend from the other side of the country who you don't get to see very often and who's single might appreciate having a plus one on the invitation. It might also help them to feel more comfortable and have a better time at your wedding too. Okay, so who really doesn't need a plus one? With all things in weddings, I've always said it, I'll continue to say it, if you've got the money 
and you've got the inclination, knock yourself out, invite them all. But generally, and it is reasonably well-known event etiquette, that friends or family who have casual partners that are frequently changing and people that you work with, it's reasonable to skip their plus ones or with guest. So if you've chosen to go extreme and not to allow any plus ones to your wedding, there's no one who you're inviting over and above all the named guests, how do you indicate that? on your wedding invitation. So there's a couple of ways that you can do that. The first one is to write or print your invited guest names on the reply card, the RSVP card, leaving no room or option for them to add anyone extra. So the invitation might read, Sally and Bill. Only Sally and Bill are coming. It makes it crystal clear. And you could also add a section of your invitation that reads, we have reserved X number of seats in your honour and fill this gap in with the number of people that you're inviting. So Sally and Bill, you're invited and we have reserved two seats in your honour. Will you be attending? One extra thought about plus ones, and this is specifically for any wedding guests who might be listening, these two rules are for you. They're two very simple rules for wedding guests. Number one, If your invitation has your name on it, which, you know, it should, you've received it, it has your name, Sally, and it doesn't indicate that you've been allocated a plus one or an and guest, that means you don't get one. And rule number two, if your invitation doesn't indicate you've been allocated a guest or a plus one, please don't ask for one. The engaged couple, they've stretched their budget. They've crunched the numbers and they have come up with what they believe to be the best plan for their wedding day. You don't know the choices and sacrifices they've had to make as to who's going to be coming and who, unfortunately, they can't invite. Please don't push it. I have seen so many examples in my years as a celebrant of couples who have lost friends or who have had from, you know, the moment the wedding invitation goes out onwards, strained relationships with really close family members because of this, I think I should be given a plus one. We are not comfortable giving it to you. I won't be coming. I'd really like to think that these sort of discussions don't really need to be had. The couple have chosen who they would like to attend their wedding. If you'd like to attend then please attend, but don't be bringing anyone else with you. Maybe I should do an episode about good wedding guest behaviour or etiquette. It'd be pretty short, I think. It'd be, don't be a dick. Okay, so how far do you want to go? Should everyone who is unattached be allowed a plus one? Is it going to be only close family or only your wedding party? Guests who live together or have been a couple for a year or more, or a guest who won't know very many people. There are three main schools of thought. The first is old school etiquette, and that means everyone who is unattached gets a plus one. As I mentioned right at the start, this is going to blow the numbers for your wedding and therefore the cost completely out of the water. You want to be prepared. If you're willing to do that, you really want to be prepared. But if you can 
and you want to, bloody good luck to you. So that is old school etiquette. The second way you could go about it is using modern wedding etiquette, which would mean that your immediate family and your wedding party, bridesmaids, groomsmen, etc., junior bridesmaids, whatever, get a plus one. And also guests from interstate and overseas. So those who are unattached and are coming a long way and might not want to be alone. So the important thing to remember is consistency. Allowing one of your wedding party a plus one, but not another, can be fuel for hurt feelings and drama. It can be surprising for a lot of engaged couples as to how hurt people get. These are super delicate conversations and it's not worth losing friends over. Let them down gently if you've chosen not to allow them a plus one and maybe explain your reasoning but then the conversation's had, it's done, and there's really nothing more you can do. And the third way that you could go about this is using what I like to call unbridly etiquette. So I had an interview with James Day, a fantastic wedding photographer based over in New South Wales, and we happened to be talking about how to handle plus ones on your wedding invitation. And he shared with me what him and his wife did for their wedding. They decided that if for some reason they didn't know one of their friends or family members, significant other, partner, you know, if they'd only just gotten together, but they're serious, or if they're living together and they hadn't met the partner yet, they decided that they didn't want to write plus one on the wedding invitation, that they wanted a name there and they wanted a prior relationship with this person. They wanted to meet them. So if someone came to them and said, hey, you know, Sally, I'm going out with Bill. Uh, I'd really love him to come to the wedding. James and his wife, now wife, would say, super, when can we get together? So they would arrange a dinner, a coffee, whatever, some sort of social interaction to meet this person So they know them by, you know, how they look. They know their face. They've had a discussion with them. And so on their wedding day, it's not, you must be Sally's plus one. It's, hey, Bill, how you doing? This would mean that you would only have named guests on your wedding invitations, that everyone that attends your wedding would be someone you know, because this is where I get stuck. If you don't know the names of the people at your wedding, and you've never met them before, you wouldn't normally buy a stranger dinner. So why would you invite them to your wedding? My personal take, why on earth would you want someone at your wedding that you didn't know the name of and have some sort of relationship or connection with before the wedding? I get it. There are some cultural understandings, traditions, and different expectations in families, which means that this is not even possible or even desirable to go, I need to know every single person in this room. But in general, weddings are a private rather than a public event. And in my opinion, as you're hugging everyone, you're dancing, you're celebrating, the last thing you want to be saying is, I'm sorry, um, what was your name again? Maybe that's just me being grumpy. I would love to know how you're handling it. What are your plus one rules and why have you gone that way? You can jump onto Instagram or if you're engaged, our Unbridly Couples private Facebook group and join in the conversation in there. That about wraps it up for this episode of the Unbridly Podcast. 
For the links and resources we mentioned, please head to the show notes. And if you love the show, please review and subscribe on the podcast platform you're on now so you don't miss out on a single episode. Thanks so much for listening. And remember, weddings are a team sport. Catch you soon.